Welcome to the Life After Ministry podcast. In this episode today, I got to sit down with Justin and Amanda McNeil, and we were at the American Association of Christian Counselors Conference in Nashville. Their story is nothing short of compelling. In fact, somebody came up to me and said, you have to talk to these people because their transition out of ministry was not like every other transition that you've probably heard of. And they were absolutely right. Now, this dynamic duo has journeyed from childhood friendship and kids' church to life as married pastors, but recently they have a new journey that is both challenging and rewarding. Their transition out of ministry isn't what you might expect. It's not a story of calamity or bitterness, but rather one of grace and new beginnings. Yet even in the best transitions, there are complexities lessons and what they describe as brutal moments. We'll talk more about that later. But if you've ever wondered what it looks like to follow a new path after years dedicated to church leadership, you will not want to miss this conversation. Justin and Amanda's insights remind us that the call to serve others extends far beyond the walls of a church. So sit back, listen for an episode that is equal parts insightful and inspiring. All right, well, welcome. We're at the AACC, American Association of Christian Counselors. I'm here with Justin and Amanda and got to listen to a little bit of your story and think it's really amazing, really helpful to be able to encourage people who are figuring out, if I'm not a pastor, if I'm not in vocational ministry, what am I gonna do with my life? But give me a little bit of background on your church and where you grew up and how all of that came about um, in, in just that ecosystem that you found yourself in. Yeah, well, we are church kids through There's and through. so much history. We actually met each other in kids' church. Oh, perfect. I was eight years old and I met her at our home church, which is where we still are. But uh, I grew up there. My family got saved there. Her family moved in our childhood, which is when we met. And right out of high school, we both were hired on staff at our church. I was ordained at 18. We've done a full gamut of different things. She was ordained uh, soon thereafter. We've done youth ministry, young adult ministry, men's, women's ministry, and eventually we were operating in a full associate pastor role, managing the staff, team and events, creative development. So operating in kind of a, an overseeing role at our you church. You did it all. Yeah. I, I almost have you beat. I, I got my first spanking at church in the Let's nursery. Let's go. So that's well, pretty. Our son took his first steps at a baptism service. So that's like. <laughs> a baptism service of a mobile campus that oh, we were yes. setting up and tearing down. So there we, you go. we've seen it all. And he now, wasn't walking on water. Exactly. No, no, no. Yeah, that's, that's Unfortunately, a good we got to work on his faith. But yeah. Okay. <laughs> so really entrenched in all aspects totally. of ministry, lived and breathed it. And. And you're not doing that anymore. Mm. Um, you are not vocationally church pastors. Something changed. Yeah. What provoked and prompted that change for you? Yeah. So I feel like it started uh, way back, even in when we were teenagers. Totally. So our founding pastor has her double doctorate in psychology. She's a licensed sex therapist temperament therapist, hypnosis. All of it. She just really dove into her education. Huh. And so that was modeled to us throughout our church years. And even when we were teenagers, she pulled us under her wing. She said, I see that gift in you and I want you to learn alongside me. So again, right out of high school, we were licensed in temperament counseling and therapy. And we utilized that in the context of our church for pastoral care, premarital hmm. counseling before doing weddings, walking alongside families and funerals. And so we were really set up in many ways to have this, this wide 
dynamic and big picture of, of how God operates. We always knew that counseling was going to be part of the ministry that we did, but I very much saw it all within the context of the church, especially with how much demand was there vocationally, all of our time and energy being devoted in that way. But later in our marriage, we felt like God was calling us to launch into professional counseling. We just didn't know how it would look. And then we were in a staff meeting praying and that same pastor who had mentored us, she's here somewhere. She said she felt like the Lord told her someone in the room was rushing something and to wait. He and hit my <laughs> knee under the table so hard. He's like, that's for us. Yeah. And she like, we just knew that the Lord was telling us to wait and wait and wait until uh, five years later, after we had had our child, which is now in hindsight, what he was telling us to wait for. It was not on our radar, yeah. but we had an amazing, amazing little boy. And then later God put in our hearts, both of us, the word go and that go was, I think, scarier than the wait of like, what does it mean to go? But it's been a real pull on our heart to, to serve people in a professional way, counseling them. And that transition was a big one for us. Uh, I think a lot of people don't understand or realize when you, when you want to become a pastor, you're thinking it's Bible and it's yeah. theology, but then you actually get into it and it's really talking to people about a lot of their issues and a lot of their problems. You, And which is why we have in seminary, we have one yeah. pastoral counseling class, right? Like <laughs> yeah. just one and then good luck, you know, yeah. hopefully you can find some kind of segue with the Bible right. and your problems and make an application. But really there's a lot. And the funny thing is here at this conference, it's Christian counselors, but I think 75% of the people that we've been talking to with pastoral transitions this week have been in ministry mm. at some point. And so that coming out process has run the gamut. Yeah. We had a huge spectrum of a guy that was 49 years in ministry that just got a letter saying he was done. Wow. And that was it, right? So extreme pain, but that's not your story, mm -hmm. um, which is great because we want to be able to feature that and say that transition, succession, these things can go well. Yes. Um, how was that process for you guys? Well, I think that's just a good concept by itself. Yeah. Because life transition is challenging. Mm -hmm. yeah. And even I remember going from working full-time in ministry to then being a mom in full-time in ministry and feeling like I had this identity shift of who am I if I'm not in the office crushing it mm. when there's this baby that I've prayed for and waited for and I'm so happy to be a mom. It's such a big shift. And in our story, we definitely experienced, I, I think it probably felt us two years to feel really settled in the transition of navigating the change of pace, the change of identity, so much change. Our story did go really well, and we're grateful for that. Grateful to God, but also grateful to our pastors. I think relationship and trust are key components in transition. Because anytime things are in flux, it's easy to get protective to have scarcity uh, kind of occupy your thinking and everyone gets on the offensive or defensive. What's like the secret agenda that I don't exactly, know. Exactly, exactly. But a lot of communication allowed us to navigate it. We, we watched transition in our church, those same founding pastors that we talked about passed the church to their son and his wife, and it was done graciously and beautifully, and it required a whole lot of communication and honor. So we'd already had it modeled to us their son, who is now our senior pastor, um, is an incredible creative. He's a like Hollywood budget filmmaker and musician. And so we watched him navigate that tension of being in the creative industry, but also pastoring. And so when we had this conversation, it had a lot of context to it. And there was a lot of 
affirmation for us. In fact, the pastor we referred to that mentored us, she said, how can we be upset when you're doing everything we raised you to do? Huh. And wow. that support was everything, like the relational component. Now, granted, we have to have meeting upon meeting on what it means organizationally, but first and foremost, the relational affirmation was key. And for us to be able to say, hey, we're still here with you, even though it's gonna look very, very different. Yep. And I think that one thing we've seen is that churches who do transition well, do transitions well. Mm -hmm. There's a long lineage of Definitely. transitions that go well. And then we see ministries that don't. Yeah. There is a trail of tears that mm -hmm. just keeps going on. Now, even in the midst of everything going well, mm -hmm. you had a special term that I told you I'm stealing. <laughs> oh, yeah. And I want you to tell me what is the term? Yeah. And then why is why is this it's so loaded. It's a great it's a great term. Yeah. So the the made up word is brutiful. Brutiful, not beautiful <laughs> and nope. not brutal. It's right. brutiful. It is both. Yes. Transition is both. Yeah. Especially when you see God's hand in it. And maybe you might not see it right away when it's not your choice. That's right. But when we allow God to trade the ashes of our life for beauty, it's both. And even though there might be beauty, and in our story, there was a, a sense of calling from God to say, go, this is the time. There is so much beauty in that. And yet it was also a sacrifice of what we thought the picture was going to look totally. like. And a, a wrestling of, are we gonna disappoint people? Are we gonna be understood or misunderstood by people? It's brutal. Yeah. There was an identity crisis there too of feeling like the direction of God might be taking me in a different direction than the desires of the people around me. Oh, and I think yeah. in ministry, we're all prone a little bit to people pleasing. And usually God's direction and the direction of what's happening in a church tend to overlap. So it's really easy to just please people and please God all at once. Right. But what happens when his voice takes you on a turn that maybe other people don't see or want to go. That was, there was a loneliness to that that required a lot of introspection. Who am I if I'm not who everyone wants me to be? Mm. But ultimately, like everything we've preached to people is obey that voice, trust him. And so I think there was a lot of shedding of some of the labels and securities that we found ourselves in and trying to discover who am I now in this kind of wilderness of obedience, trusting that God is good and trusting that my relationships are as good as I've always thought. Someone came to me in the middle of this transition and said, hey, if all these relationships, if this church history and these pastors and these community members of your life, if it's all as good as you say it is, then you have nothing to worry about. And it really caused me to have to look at, was I lying to myself for right, 30 years? Right. Or is it really a, a do family? Do we have to put weight into this? Yeah, and I will just say our story, I think is exceptional, but mm. I have a much deeper appreciation for my church, my pastors, mm. because we navigated the transition well. And I, I desire that for more and more people. Yeah, no, that stirs me, that's good. Mm. And I think it's important mm. to recognize even if a transition goes well, that doesn't mean it's all perfect. Yeah, yeah. Because I can, I, I call myself a recovering perfectionist. <laughs> like I would love for everything to just line up and be the ideal, um, but it, it, it is full of wrestling and uh, conversations and emotions and surrender. It's that um, human element makes yeah. it really hard. Yeah. I think something that I had to learn the hard way was in transition, especially if you are the one transitioning, I, this is my opinion, but I think that the responsibility is on you to demonstrate where your heart really is. Because in transition, a lot of things get brought up into question. And for us, 
our heart was still very much to be connected and to give and to serve and to love. But you can say that with words, you have to really show it in action. And so even though something might be transitioning, it doesn't mean everything is transitioning. Mm -hmm. And so you have to be consistent in the areas and in the relationships and the communication that still matters so that it provides security while the unknown is changing. I had a workshop yesterday and they said, you know, the word deconstruction is really popular in faith right now. <laughs> and he said, but there's a difference in deconstruction by destroying something and knocking it all over or deconstruction very purposely taking off one piece at a time so that you can reassemble it in a better, healthier, more efficient way. It's good. And I think that speaking to like, okay, well, I might have to deconstruct some things in the transition of where I place my identity or where I find my worth and recognize I have to shift some things and rebuild it in a different way. But that doesn't mean I knock down everything that I am and that I stand for and that I believe in. It's mm, good. So both of you are not full-time pastors in the church anymore. Mm -hmm. You are now full-time in counseling and mm -hmm. as therapists in the ministry. And so one of the questions that we like to ask on life after ministry, mm -hmm. I have two questions is, number one, is there life after ministry? Mm -hmm. And number two, is there ministry after ministry? Now in our marriage, we will say one of us leans more optimistic. <laughs> You're about to hear from that. Yeah, let's do it. I, I have found such beauty in the transition. And if a transition is led by God, it's to lead us forward and for purpose. And so life after ministry, <laughs> it's funny to put it that way because I think we have found ministry after ministry as well. It's brought a deeper appreciation for time in our marriage, time with our son, because I think church has a way of being all encompassing. And so being a ministry family, you know, it's like our family time happens while we're also doing three other things because that's just how it is. And you can include your kid in everything you do in ministry almost. Right. And there's beauty to that, but there's also beauty to sitting at the dinner table together and just being able to be together. And so in that sense, it's been invaluable, but it's also brought such a deep appreciation for what we get to do in our church and how we get to be a part of a church community. Serving people vocationally as a counselor can be quite demanding and draining. And to get to go to a community of faith where my soul is replenished, where my faith is built, where I get to serve, not because it's a responsibility professionally, but because it's my Christian call. It just, it, to me, it brought the joy of being a part of a church back again. And so my answer would be yes to both of those things, yeah. but it's better than I could have ever guessed. Mm -hmm. oh, Beautiful. My answer is yes to both also. But. No, not a but, <laughs> not an, a and, but. An, an and. and. A but and, okay. <laughs> my answer is yes to both. And I think anytime you go through a transition, if you have a heart yielded to God, he's gonna mold and shape you and expand your vision. And so maybe some of us need an expansion of what the word ministry means mm -hmm. because there is ministry after ministry and it might look different and feel different, but I suspect that's exactly what God wanted to work through the change. Mm. I love it. I know for both of us, life after ministry meant that God wanted to take us back to life before ministry and explore and heal in some ways. So I think getting into ministry, for us, we were so, so young. young church was and is a safe haven and being used of God in that way, there's purpose and there's worth and healing in it all. But life after that meant we had to go back into our hearts, into our families, into our relationships before ministry and heal in some of the ways where the church maybe was 
a refuge, I think God knew that it was time for us to face some of those things head on. And I think there's a lot of pastors who have found refuge in church and refuge in their worth in church. And I don't want to fault anyone for that. I know we can all say like, don't find your identity in what you do. But if you come from a broken situation and you found redemption in the church, like ultimately it's in God, but like the church exists to redeem. We're here to bring value back to people. And so there's beauty to that. But I think at some point in your story, there's going to be transition so that you can heal in those areas that the church was maybe carrying you through, that you can heal in it. And that's been our story too. So I love it. Well, thank you both for You're sharing so your story. Can I, I say one more thing? Yeah, of course. I would love to say this to pastors or leaders who are maybe witnessing others in transition, because I know the topic of this is for people who are going through transition, but we would not be able to sit here and talk about this without people who loved us and were gracious and gentle enough with us to speak life, even through tears, mm -hmm. to be able to retain relationship, even through hurt, maybe some misunderstanding. Disappointment. And we were affirmed as sons and daughters in, in a house way more than we were viewed as workers. And I think that's so key because ultimately this is about the family of God and it's about the kingdom. And the kingdom can be built in all kinds of ways, but we have to remember our family relationship. We're sitting here talking to you because the pastor that we started talking about all of you this with, she came to us and she said, you two have to go talk to this guy and get on this podcast because your story matters so much. The affirmation is still there and it's beautiful. So I would just say, if you're watching anyone go through transition, do your very best to look at them through the eyes of the kingdom and family relationship because transition, if it's led by God, is always gonna be for everyone's good. Justin and Amanda, that was not brutal. That was absolutely beautiful. <laughs> thank you, thank you. Thank you for sharing your story with us and uh, bless you guys. Thank you so thank much. You. Thank you for having us. Thanks for listening to another episode of the Life After Ministry podcast. Our mission is to help you navigate the complexities, the joys, and sometimes even the beautiful moments of life after ministry. Whether you're a ministry leader thinking about a transition or a stakeholder in the decision-making process, we hope these conversations bring you both clarity and comfort. And we believe that any transition can really be a gateway to transformation and that there's not just life after ministry, but there's also ministry after ministry. If you found value in today's episode, consider subscribing to this podcast and don't hesitate to share it with anyone that you think might benefit. The journey is sacred and we're committed to walking alongside you, providing resources, encouragement, and a community where stories are heard and valued. And until next time, keep leaning into these opportunities, these transitions, these transformations, and the challenges that come with life after ministry.